Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, June 16th. There are no such things as obstacles. There are only opportunities. This teaching of my gurus might well be engraved over the exit of every home. Obstacles challenge one to summon up more energy in oneself. Without them, people would become lethargic. Indeed, even the worst karma can be a blessing in the sense that it prods you towards self-improvement. So... There is no such thing as obstacles, there are only opportunities. In the Ananda world, that's a cliché. That's what people are saying all the time. We also say, oh, it was a learning experience, (laughs) which means that it was a catastrophe, but perhaps we learned something from it. (laughs) People would always say, well, how did it go? How was the sales trip? How was the meeting? How was the whatever? Oh, it was a learning experience. That was a very discreet way of saying it was awful. And then you don't have to speak negativity, but you're speaking the truth. Obstacles are very interesting. You know, we, well, the Master put it this way. He said, a, a, an easy life is not necessarily a victorious life. So we have to ask ourselves sort of what, what am I doing here? And it, it's in this world is what I mean. And, and it's a question that it's kind of a dual question uh, because we are also here to accomplish things. It's not like we're, not, we're here to just drift along and never make anything happen. I mean, some people are much more capable and have much more karma to really leave a mark on the world. Others, the what they're here to do is just more on a, a maintenance, mundane level. And I, by mundane, I don't mean insignificant. I just mean keeping a home, raising children, helping your children raise their children, you know, making a garden, doing a farm, whatever it might be that you have to do. It doesn't have to be big and earth-changing for it to be significant from the point of view of why was I born and what am I here for. It's like most people's lives are, are quite unnotable. You know, it's, it's sort of a joke among uh, people who are interested in these things you know, that the psychics and, and uh, psychics, you hear about the psychics who say that someone was very famous. <laughs> you don't hear so much about people talking about, oh, you were a, a, you know, a hotel clerk in a little... In, in somewhere in the in the Alps. It's just like such a lifetime doesn't make uh, an imprint on history. But the other thing, so, so let me just say the two parts of it. So we have here, we come into this world and we will have some kind of outward destiny that we have to act out. But it, it may be quite insignificant. It won't be, as one of my friends put it, you know, my life will not be writ large on the pages of history. It's just, I, I'm just passing through here. Nobody's going to remember that I was here. So, in, and even what is writ large on the pages of history, in a relatively short period of time, just gets obliterated by the sands of time. It's so fascinating to read about, you know, lost civilizations discovered discovered under the sands of the desert, or at the bottom of the sea, or you know, buried in the jungle, and you're looking at the 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 work of many hands 
to, to conceive, to create, to build, to inhabit, you know, even enormous um, uh, relics of civilization, all of it just completely lost. But the other drama that's taking place is the drama of the soul as it gradually has the experiences it needs to deeply understand what is delusion and what is reality. And, and everything else is the backdrop for that. When you, when you go to a theater production, you're watching the actors, and the actors may move through the set, they may, may sit on the furniture or climb the stairs or stand in front of the window, and all of those pieces help define what it is that they're doing. But it's what the actors are doing that really matters, not the backdrop. And in a very real sense, the world that a soul chooses to incarnate in, whatever time or place or culture or whatever it is, it's the backdrop for the real performance. And the real performance is, how much do I love? What am I learning? How close am I to God? How much am I giving to others? How much self-mastery am I developing? How much true discrimination? How much of divine bliss am I able to experience? That's the real story, and everything else is a prop for you to be able to, to develop your consciousness at whatever level is possible for you, considering the juncture you're standing on. Now, that, those props, though, are still important because it's, it's being able to walk up the stairs and look out the window that the plot is moved forward in the play. You know, looking out the window may be absolutely critical to the next bit of action that happens on the stage. So getting married, raising children, uh, working on your art, becoming, being elected president of a country, all of these things are the props through which you can develop your consciousness. So um, if developing our consciousness through the, the plot line now, I'm going to call now this the plot rather than the prop, through the plot line that's given to us, that's, that's written in our karma and written in our horoscopes and written in our destiny, whatever that plot line is, it's an opportunity for us to develop our consciousness. It's not a guarantee that we will develop our consciousness. It's only an opportunity to develop consciousness. So what is it that helps us to develop. If absolutely everything just goes according to our preferences, if it's just always exactly what I want, I mean, think about it. If you just think about normal human life, a person whose every whim and desire is indulged, what do we call that person? We call that person usually spoiled. And spoiled implies that they have no willpower, that they have a terrible temperament, that they're selfish, that they have no, they don't, they have, they lack nobility, they lack generosity, they lack refinement. You know, somebody who's spoiled, it's, it's a bad thing. Spoiled also has the meaning that it was ruined, which of course is the same meaning, but you know, now we have this sort of a, one of these trendy phrases when you're about to reveal the plot of a movie or a television show or a novel, you say, spoiler alert because I'm about to spoil it, and then there won't be any drama for you when you go see it, because you already know the ending. In other words, it was ruined. The whole plot was ruined. So for a, uh, the, 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 the individual soul who's incarnated, 
He's come there in order to, to develop himself, to develop his consciousness. And if that, um, if that divinely given um, re- remarkable chance to develop himself is spoiled, then really the whole incarnation is wasted. Nothing is wasted because we're all part of God and we'll just get it right later. And that wasted lifetime, all the suffering that comes because he was so spoiled, he'll just have to suffer through it and then come out the other side. So nothing is ever ultimately wasted, but in terms of this conversation, it's spoiled. So we think in ourselves, oh, what I really want is for everything to go well and to go easy. But what, what happens to us then if that happens? As Swami says, we never, um, we never, or let's see, we become lethargic. That's exactly the word he uses. We become lethargic. We have no willpower. Again, we have no, all the things that the spoiled person lacks. But when we have to follow the plot line because we're too far committed to back out, perhaps we have taken on the responsibilities of a family, perhaps we've invested in the tuition in a field of study, perhaps we've put ourselves out to the whole world that I'm going to accomplish this certain thing and the humiliation of it drives us, perhaps our parents have sacrificed greatly for this opportunity for us, you know, just lots of different things where we, we, we are forced to persevere and yet there's suddenly there's an obstacle in front of us, but the compelling need to go forward is present. Now, ultimately, I would say eventually, the compelling need to go forward is self-generated because we have the karmic, we have the karmic development to recognize that perseverance is a quality that I, that I must learn to express. And so it's not like somebody else is making us do it. We're just doing it because we're inwardly motivated by these ideals. This is a higher level of personal development than merely being compelled from external forces. Now, a person can persevere with tremendous ambition and overcome many obstacles and not necessarily be God-directed. You can actually persevere and be quite evil. But insofar as you have mastered yourself and can persevere, you have been following the script and have been doing what you're meant to do. Because now you may be using that willpower and perseverance and capacity to discipline and self-sacrifice for a nefarious end. But when the consequences of your nefarious end penetrate your awareness and you learn that that's not really what I want, you have, through that plot line, you have developed the skill now to persevere. So when your goal elevates because of the horrible suffering that's been created by this wrong goal, you, you have the tools to be able to do it. So obstacles to our achieving our goals, whether those goals are self-ordained or imposed upon us by outer conditions, are our friends because they will force us to become more than we already are. And they they will awaken within us a knowledge of our own potential. Many of us can state unequivocally that I never knew I was that strong. I never knew I was that capable. I never knew I had this in me until an opportunity presented itself 
And that opportunity um, also presented obstacles, and I had to go through those obstacles. And then I discovered something about myself that belongs to me. It has nothing to do with my circumstances. My circumstances created it in me, but I learned something about myself. I was very touched by a little video that I saw on the internet. And it was a wildlife rescue video. This has been, recently I've enjoyed wildlife rescue, you know, these five-minute things you get. This woman, um, uh, somehow or another, she found a little tiny bird that had fallen out of the nest, an ordinary sparrow or something like that, not some exotic um, endangered species, but just an ordinary um, bird in her neighborhood. And it was at the stage where it had no feathers and its eyes were closed. You know those how really strange and, and skinny and helpless those things look, tiny in her hand. Somehow she had it in her hand. And, and she tried to find someone else to take care of it, but nobody else would take care of it, so she had to take care of it. She had no idea how to do it, but she started researching it, and she, she saved that little bird, and that little bird became her friend. And then, because she was in touch with other wildlife rescue places, when another bird came, because she'd raised one, they gave her the second one. So she raised another, and gradually she raised a dozen birds, little birds like this. And she had to study, and she had to learn, and it, she had to stay up, you know, feed the bird every 15 minutes, you know, just really put out a lot of energy to make it work for all these little birds. And the part of it that was so dear was sort of at the end of the video, she said, I've never really been good at anything, but it turns out I'm good at birds. And I thought, isn't that wonderful? You know, we just never know where it's going to come from. Turns out I'm good at birds. And so now she has that inside herself. And you see how life-changing that can be? So, there are no such things as obstacles. There are only opportunities. This teaching of my gurus might well be engraved over the exit of every home. Obstacles challenge one to summon up more energy in oneself. Without them, people would become lethargic. Indeed, even the worst karma can be a blessing in the sense that it prods you toward self-improvement. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.